Yo ho ho and a bottle of black milk. Welcome back, me hearties, to another unfurled main mast edition of Cosmic Crit. This is your GM here, Patrick. Your captain driving this ship into the dark heart of uncharted waters this week. In case you all missed the announcement on Friday, we have indeed launched a brand new podcast venture on our Patreon. Our patrons over there have already joined the ranks of our pirate crew, for indeed, we are playing Pathfinders Skull and Shackles AP, and we are converting it into second edition. Right now, you can listen to our first two episodes. Episode zero, where we meet the heroes in a tavern, and episode number one, where Fleem really hits the fan and the AP starts off with a bang. I am your GM over there still. I can't get away from it. And I'm uh, joined by Seth, who you know as Donna Flames GM on the non-standard action stream. In addition to him, we've got good old Jabert, and of course, Rebecca, who cannot be convinced that this is a bad idea. And last but not least, of course, Tyler, pirate aficionado and sailing maestro, uh, rounds out our cast there with four. If you want to support Cosmic Crit right now, this new podcast is available at the $5 and up tiers. If we hit the $500 goal, the show is going to commence with a new episode every two weeks. And at the $600 level, it will become another weekly podcast. In addition to that, right now until July 17th, if you become a Patreon backer, you can vote on the name of this podcast. That's right, we, we don't have a name set yet. There's a couple of contenders, but you can vote on it. I'm a little worried now putting the name of our show into our fans' hands, but it's kind of too late to turn back. We are sailing deep into the storm, <laughs> but if, if our patrons like it, we're going to have more votes on podcast decisions, maybe like naming the pirate ship, perhaps? Anyway, head on over to our Patreon to join today. We really appreciate all of our fans who've helped out and are already funding our recording, our subscriptions, all of the podcast overhead. Uh, trust me when I say that this second show, we hope, is going to allow us to do a lot more cool stuff like this in the future. So if you have any ideas about a $1,000 goal for the Patreon, let me know, as I'm kind of tapped out for <laughs> ideas the time being. Uh, now, with that major announcement out of the way, let's get back to this week's episode. Did you all come here to listen to the climax of Book 2 of Attack of the Swarm? Because it's time to get caught in Episode 142, which we call... The, the Apari, Apari Trap. Trap. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1... Episode initiated. It's time to harvest Vespian gas and construct some additional pylons on this week's episode of Star Crits. Welcome, Rainers Raiders, to the podcast. This is your GM Patrick, aka your Goliath Marine Tank Operator, rolling into this week's episode. And joining me in base building and beating back the Zerg Swarm are my five friends and your player twos. To my right, if this ghost gets captured, she will surely be the queen of the swarm. It's Rebecca rolling with Zinnia Kerrigan. Hello. 
across from her. The only thing this Marine feels when he shoots some swarm is the recoil. It's Drew delivering Echo 7. Stop clicking on me so much. To my right, this Hydralisk is ready to burrow under your feet for a surprise attack. It's Tyler dredging up to Vasho. <laughs> across from him, his sword is blessed with the power of Tassadar. It's Jabert playing his trust. Uh, yeah, hey. And across the digital table, why this little Zerglene is coming at you with the quickness. It's Miles mixing it up with Sprouts. Good evening. A StarCraft intro. I couldn't uh, remember. StarCraft. I couldn't I remember. I, I, I live for ire in, in the moment. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I live for ire. Hi, everybody. I, I haven't played ire. the game. But I know what Zergs are, and also, um, I believe that Kerrigan is the character that Dwight dresses up yes. as for Halloween yeah. one year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he, right. he dresses up. She, she's originally human, a a like a ghost operative, straight up. That's what she she is in the game, and she gets captured and, and turned into the, the Zerg queen, um, which I thought was very funny. Not saying that's going to happen definitely to Zinnia, but that's a pretty similar character arc there. <laughs> yeah, look, look for look for uh, scaly dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah, gross dreadlocks. <laughs> that's, that's how you'll know when uh, when she's turned. No, you're, you're not Kerrigan because she, she used a sniper rifle and you're all them pistols. Um, for now, anyway. Guys, we can't we can't get down in StarCraft chit-chat this week. We gotta get into it. We're nearing the end of book two of Attack of the Swarm! Ah! And we had a crazy barnstormer of a fight last week, and I want to find out quickly what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. As we trudge deeper and deeper into this cavern, we unearth more questions than answers. I can't help but feel something's gnawing at my pedal. This place, this place is more than just a secret getaway passage under a laundromat. There's something much more methodical at play. But those questions have to be put on hold else we, fo- else we end up fish food. An Ultradium sea worm, big palooka too, tried to add Midnight Company to its main course, and it put the squeeze on a few of us. But luck got off its keister for once and put a few clutch shots in for us. At least tonight, fishes sleep alone. And now I'm looking at someone that shouldn't be here. I was told she'd bitten the dust. That source was always rotten. I knew that. I should have known that. Here, right before my eyes, is my partner, Briar. Bum, bum, bum. And yeah, as I said, you guys got to this huge chamber where there's a, a large column of floating light in the center and see immediately, you know, Briar's form line on the, the ground here sprouts. I've marked on the map the north side of this. And as soon as you guys move to check on her, that Sheeran hologram pops up. Um, the one that is labeled Minesh pops up in front of you and and says in Sheeran, welcome pilgrims. Uh, they kind of like hold out their arms and in a moment the hologram kind of begins to dissolve like little bits of it are digitally blowing away uh what do you guys want to do here well i i mean sprouts definitely wants to check out the the body of briar i guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as you run over through it like through the the hologram as it's uh dissolving here uh you can indeed jump off of echo seven get get on down to her. Uh, she looks like she's covered in some rocks. It looks like there's been a, a spill here and you can tell that her Elfan is completely destroyed and she's taken a lot of damage, a lot of wilting bruises, but uh, you see a spark of life as she seems to be breathing and like there is there's some 
there's some sign of activity there, but she is unconscious. Um, <clears throat> should I roll a, a hmm? You you can do a medicine check if you. That's if what you I was going to ask. A a a kit, a med kit, or if you have a uh, a serum, you can use that. I do. Have if you want to ask for help, uh, I am oh. carrying an advanced med kit. Yeah, uh, I mean, he would definitely kind of signal for, you know, can be like, anyone, anyone, I need help quick. Yeah, I'll come over and provide help if, if, uh, if the advanced med kit just can't can't get it done. I got some some level one spells. Uh, right, and as you guys move through the, the hologram, the, the points of light kind of uh, fade away and then return coalescing um, into what looks like some kind of pattern of, of various floating lights. Um, why don't you make me a physical science check? Anybody that's kind of over by this this hologram uh, here on the north side of the room. I don't know any rock science. Yeah, I'm not I, trained in that. Not yeah. trained. Not trained. Wait, nobody so has, does, uh, does nobody have <laughs> physical science? I mean, at all? I, ha- I have um, I have a plus. Let's see, three different. Do you have science. a rank in it though? Because it's trained only, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You need a rank in it. Uh, well, then, yeah, well, we're SOL. Oh man, I love that you guys have finally started coding some weaknesses into your skill set. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also like up here, so I wouldn't. Like, I'm I'm several several feet away from where it, it's this um, here on the map. It's uh, just about ten feet away, so because uh, it is closer to you. And like I said, it. Um, it takes the form, this hologram of the Sheeran female, and then that just kind of like slowly fades away. And now is it's about nine different floating lights and they're in kind of a, a somewhat geometric pattern that like pulses. But uh, let's let's go ahead and um, it looks like you've rolled uh, just enough to give some some healing back here, Zinnia, as you break out the med kit and start bandaging up uh, Briar, you know, this teeny little Raxolite. Who, who seems extremely uh, damaged. And uh, taking a look over her, you can also tell with that role that it, it does seem like part of a um, uh, a cave-in that, that might have happened here. It looks like maybe she was trying to crawl through um, the, the north-south corridor here, which, uh, as you guys came into these caves, seems already completely sealed off. So she might have tried and sneaking through and, and got trapped. Um, but yeah, as you as you start to uh, heal her back up, she returns to consciousness. You can like you know pour water on her her petals and things like that, and uh, she sees you sprouts and and says, "I I knew you'd find me, Marlowe. I I left out all the clues. Been looking all over the verse for you. If you're well enough, I'd sure love to know what the heck is going on here. Long story, but it's dangerous. There's something something here." It's not safe. Look out. She points kind of behind you guys to this column of light where uh, you, you look past the the floating hologram of, of motes of light and they disappear after a moment and the room darkens. And this column of light in the middle of the room kind of melts away as well. So you're kind of plunged in darkness for a second. Um, and what you see floating in the middle of the room where this, this huge circle is... Um, is it, it isn't like a light source at all. It's it looks like somewhat like a, a chrysalis, um, like some kind of barrier. And inside you see something moving. And as it slowly floats down to the floor, you can see this is some kind of insect. A large insect. I'm gonna put on the map. Oh, 
Oh, I hate the way that looks. Oh, oh. That is a color of red that I do not want. It's just a, a fun a fun bug. It, no, it's it, not. It it's looks not like a, a brain. Like it has giant mosquitoes that live inside of it. Clearly, it looks like it's going to be our ride out of here. That's what it looks I, like. I I know what this is. I don't. Mm-hmm. Can we can we go fight the worm again? Um, <laughs> no, but you can roll initiative for me, everyone. Oh. And he's really excited, by the way. <laughs> it's this more looks bugs. really interesting. <clears throat> Well, you know, since I was accused of being a murderer today, I think I'm just uh, set out of this fight, <laughs> Tyler. Oh, oh goodness. Keep it, keep it. Down. All right, let's see here. <laughs> Miles, you said you would. You said you would step out of the fight when it was sworn. This thing's not sworn. <laughs> it's just from the. It's. I think it's from Alien Archive Two or something like that. Well, you know um, what? A lesson learned, still a lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> as it as it hits the the ground here, um, it it looks a little confused and doesn't start attacking you at first, but kind of rears up on some of its back haunches and lets out a screech. Just uh, and from inside it, its its main form, it kind of launches out onto the ground. What looks like a a fleshy sack, and from said sack emerges another creature and we have another friend here that's gonna pop up and I think it's just gonna occupy a Devasho square is a tiny little bug that indeed looks like a uh, mosquito uh, if if you know HR Geiger maybe gave a, <laughs> yeah. gave a took a whack at redesigning mosquitoes if HR Geiger was God <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not think about that ever again <laughs> um yeah, that is that is what happens, and we are going into full initiative turn order. Uh, first up is Zinnia. You've you've got your med kit out in front of you. Um, I will say you'll you'll have to pick up or, or draw your weapon if you want to uh, fire this round. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll draw my weapon, and um, I can take a shot. I just can't use a trick with that, right? That is correct. Okay. Oh, actually, uh, before I do that, can I uh, try to identify what this is? Oh, I wish you would. Please roll high. Oh, oh that's not good. Wah, that was wah. a 16. An 18 to identify. Uh, that... And the DC is a negative 5, so... That is so... That is way not enough. Yikes. Four on the day is not going <laughs> to oh, do it. Oh, no. uh, Yeah. Just uh, check this, this thing's is, DC. This oh, like boy. like last week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, she's still going to take a shot um, with my sonic pistol. We don't talk about last week's rolls, Rebecca. <laughs> you pretend those didn't happen. Uh, no, we I can mean, probably pretend this week too, because they're oh, still no. going. <laughs> what is? <laughs> what is happening? Another I don't know. is not doing well. Drew, did you touch her computer? <laughs> <laughs> you touched that that left mouse button. I got a uh, that is twenty last week, didn't I? Come on. That is going to be a, a miss. Uh, next up in the turn order is Trest. Oh boy, the rare uh, second. Uh, up at bat for trust. <laughs> <laughs> you roll the 19 on your initiative time. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to move forward and pull out that sword. And um, this thing looks like it needs a, a good uh, beating. So I'm going to uh, sort of move forward about 10 feet to about here. Okay. All right. And are oh, you going to make a swang? I'm swinging my sword. Swish, swish. Swinging my sword. 
19 versus KAC. Uh, that is a miss. That is a miss oh, against no. KAC. Oh, no. It doesn't well. No. Oh, Jabert, you couldn't have moved five feet more. I mean, oh, I could have, no, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, probably not. We'll, we'll, we'll fix that next round. Oh, boy. Uh, Sprouts Marlowe, uh, you are you're holding in, in your arms uh, a briar who is, you know, looking on with fear at this this huge alien bug that's that's shown up in the middle of the chamber. Well, Sprouts got what he came for, so bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think you can get out of here without Classic. moving through some threatened squares. No, uh, so, so Sprouts is going to kind of potentially uh, kind of lay uh, Briar back down and kind of keep his attention on uh, the big boy here. Ooh, yeah. Um, and going to take a blast with the yield uh, arc pistol. Already Hopefully the trick will hit. Uh, that is a oh, that's Trickton. But a twenty-five against EAC, that is a hit. All right, for a measly four points of damage, four electricity, and it does seem seem like that's uh, going through as it uh, gives a little shock to this thing. It doesn't seem to notice you though, because there are several other larger creatures all around him right now, threatening it. One of them yeah, not is like a beasting. <laughs> yeah. One of them is Echo 7, who is up now. All right, uh, so Echo 7 is going to take a guarded step just slightly north mm-hmm. and hope that I'm still out of range of this gigantic thing uh, mm-hmm. and uh, take a shot with my azimuth artillery laser. Go right ahead. It's a 21 versus EAC. Uh, that is a hit. For 10 points of damage. Um, th- this is your artillery laser, so that is fire damage, correct? Yes. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so... Is it bloodied? That, <laughs> great question, Miles. Uh, no, no. <laughs> you you might be confused because it looks very red to start with, but... We're not uh, there yet. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it does drill a hole in this thing's shoulder where you see what looks like um, other little kind of bugs living inside of it, inside these sacks, and it pours out a, a, a kind of a, a, a reddish white goo um, as as its blood and it's gross cool sure sounds gross it uh, I don't like I'm, I'm gonna stop describing it right now because I'm kind of <laughs> grossing myself out I mean it looks like a giant tick kind of not a big fan of, of this at all but I am as well a big fan in another way because we I get to use it um that is an echo seven was, was anybody else worried that as he went and described the blood so much that we were all gonna start having to make saves <laughs> let me just check special ability here okay uh no that is gonna be its turn it seemed to be very confused on its um on its way down and it like it didn't have its bearings it has all of its feet on the ground now and it is going to take its turn next in the order and first of all this little flying creature that is above devasho is going to move down towards you and try and kind of claw it's like in your square it is a tiny uh tiny little vermin here i mean just because it's cute doesn't mean i like it mm-hmm already and i've only rolled an 11 on the dice your kac right now is 17 uh that is a hit so it is going to just start clawing through your armor trying to get at chitin and this is a d6 of damage 
uh, seven points of slashing damage from its claw attack. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool story. I've got I've got my my friend here who does have a few people in range. I think I'm gonna throw out a couple attacks on the big bug's turn. And let's see, let's I'm gonna roll a couple of d6 to see who they're gonna go to. We've got a a Sheeran with a sword on one side, uh, Echo Seven uh, towards the top, and Devasho. So. I have a big bug sound that I can play. Ooh. That is that is exactly what I the sound that I made <laughs> when it came in. <laughs> yeah. uh, Devasho, you are are lucky here. I've rolled a. Uh, like a one and a two, which means one's going to go to Tress, one's going to go to Echo 7. So in that order, Woo! it's throwing out these giant claws at you. Uh, all right. Yes! Ooh, I've rolled very low on the dice. That might be good for you guys. Uh, let's see. A three and an eight on the dice with a negative four to both of these. So the first one is going towards Trest, and your KAC is 17? Uh, yes, that's right. Oh, boy. This thing just misses you. <laughs> with a three there, and instead uh, stabs right through Echo 7's armor, and you can hear his uh, breastplate being punctured by, like, a huge needle-like claw. Because that eight on the dice is going to hit Drew. Oof. Yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> going to roll multiple attacks with this thing when I can. Uh, 2d6 of damage and are okay. 18 points of slashing damage. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is its turn, and it brings us to Devasho. Pulling up the bottom, as always. Uh, you're and... the you're the, the anchor on the, yeah. uh, on the team. Well, yeah, the anchor has to be reliable. So let's see if Devasho can, uh, you know, hold up. He's going to take a little bit of a step to his left. He's trying to position the very large uh, creature whose name I will not say uh, in between <laughs> Trust and, and himself. And uh, we're just going to take a single attack for now. I mean, I can tell you guys what it is. You can still try and roll on your turns if you'd like. It is very difficult, as this is a high CR creature. This is called an Apari. 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 It is a, a gross alien, large gross alien bug. About, uh, I would say, 13 feet tall, kind of like at its its hump. Wow. The, the <laughs> Devosh is just staring at its hump. Uh, but, whoa, just ignore me. Oh yeah, no! Just ignore. <laughs> oh, three on the dice. Three on the anchors. Dice. Drag things down, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've done. You with this are. Turn. You are very right, man. Okay. Um, we are back to the top of the turn order with turn two. Zinnia, we're on to you. What would you like to do? I feel like a one-trick pony. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, the trick never seems to work. So. <laughs> well, I, I hope your <laughs> trick attack works. I, yeah, I hope so, too. All right, let's try that again. You're going to try to identify again, too? I can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't. <sighs> CR 10 or lower? Oh, that's a success. Oh, good. So it's flat-footed until nice. the end of its uh, next turn. And then or until the end of your yeah, next of the turn, round. Yeah. My turn. Um, And then a 25 on the attack against oh. AC. Oh, Boy, is that a hit. There we go. Yeah, uh, 17 on the attack dice. Not great damage. Uh, Five damage. Ooh, 
yeah, we'd like we'd like to see those numbers up. Uh, those are rookie numbers, Rebecca. Yeah, I know. At least it's a hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at take... least it's flat-footed. Yeah, I was about to say you're you're probably helping a great deal more out with that flat-footed condition. Uh, Trest, we're back to you. All right, let's see. So I'm flanking right now, and oh I've got, yeah, and I've got this thing flat-footed. Oh yeah, you right. you've got Devasho on the other side of it, parrying it with a shield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to hold off on uh, using a spell for this, but um, so I'm just going to make just one attack. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Wants to ensure that damage. Well, nothing sure about this. <laughs> no, but a plus four, uh, essentially, so. Yeah. It's helpful, yeah. I, I, I feel confident. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Ooh, 26. Yeah, that is a hit. 16 yeah. on the dice. That's what we need. That's more like it. Um... Uh, 10 points of slashing damage. Ooh, yeah. So you cut into this oh, thing yeah. once again. Um, it's it's like it's like a uh, a vanilla frosting. I don't, I don't need to know With this. a strawberry swirl, um, but also the consistency of um, motor oil. And it just splashes out at you <laughs> as you slice oh. into it. Oh, good. Gosh. Yeah, you've got your environmental protections up, which is nice because uh, it, I, I don't think it smells well. That is a hit, and that is a good deal of damage. Sprouts, Marlo, we're back to you. All right, so Sprouts is going to once again try for another trick attack. Ugh. So CR1 on lower is not going to do it. Nope. And neither will an 18 on a dice, I imagine. Uh, 18 against EAC? Mm-hmm. That is a miss. Unless it's flat-footed. Oh, yeah. Which it is. Thank you. Uh, so that's uh, seven points of damage. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Ooh, Already putting a big hurting on it this turn. Uh, before we get to Echo 7. Echo 7, though, we are on to you. All right. Oh, I really want to make two shots, but I think I'm going to be able to play it safe as well. We're going to take one Ooh. shot with the azimuth artillery laser. Okay. This one is going to provoke, though. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, which means oh. it is going to try and stab oh. out again. However, it is flat-footed, so it doesn't <gasps> get to make reactions. Boom! Oh, it's yeah. flat-footed to everybody. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, in the first turn, it was... Uh, staggered until its turn. Oh, oh it's not going to get those reactions ever. No, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I want more actions. All right, go ahead, Drew. I was incorrect. Oh, that's only a 15 versus the AC. Uh, that's not uh, that is indeed a miss. Thank goodness. Thank, wah, 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 wah. thank Granny Gridness. Um, okay, we are back to its turn. Um, let's see. Tyler, you can make an attack of opportunity as uh, the little mosquito fly thing is going to enter your square, and it is um, it is yeah. tiny. It's going to try and harry you again. I don't want to let that happen, so this is going to be a good roll. Ah, oh. <laughs> Does a 22 hit that tiny bugger? Oh, my goodness, yes. 21 points of damage. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. That's way too much damage. Uh, well, it, tw- 21, you say? Uh, you yes, because... Going the- on? The merciful fusion, I I turned off the merciful fusion and put on the opportunistic fusion. Oh, because... it gives a bonus to damage with uh, attacks of opportunity. Yes. Oh, uh, it, can't yep. tell you how important that was because nineteen not enough to kill this thing, but twenty one is, and Woo-hoo! it falls to the ground dead. Oh yuck! I don't like that at all. Okay, then it's going to make its attack, and you have attacked a part of it which it kind of feels, you can tell 
Trest from the backside, it is psychically kind of screaming out. Uh, I think I'm making a, making a couple of attacks against the Debasho this turn, right? Yeah, let's make... We got two large creatures, two big bugs in a gladiatorial deathmatch. Yeah. Let's go. Let's let's grapple, yo. Let's grow. I've got a nine on the dice and a 15 on the dice. I think that's two hits, baby. I'm pretty sure I think it that's is. that's two hits. Let's roll 46 for two. Two hits as it, both of these front claws on it just puncture into you. Oh, boy. I think that, well, that's kind of low. Oh, no. Let's see. Uh, that is a total over two hits for 33 points of damage. Give me, give me that bug screech again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I should have. I should have had that. Here we go. Oh, yeah. And it is just like uh, furiously, uh, kind of like a StarCraft Hydralis, just like puncturing, just chunk, 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 into your, your armor and your, your chitinous flesh. Uh, that is its full turn, though, and it's going to bring us back to you, Devasho. Time to answer in kind, two attacks. Uh, hold on. I'm having to... Con- I'm still subtracting. Oh, no. <laughs> Damage! Uh, okay. Okay, I'm there. I'm there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, flat-footed. Mm-hmm. Flanking. Flanking. You got I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to punch this. I'm going to re- uh, return with a double hit. Uh, so essentially, these are just straight, so I'm not going to add anything to them. They will just be as they are. First attack is going to be not enough with a 15 altogether, but maybe the second attack is better. Boy, I'm just fishing at this point, really. Oh. No! I fished for the wrong number! I didn't Natural read the fine print! One. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious, Tyler! Oh, I'm going to lose another eye right now! You're fishing with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's fish. <laughs> if I lose another eye, I'll, I'm quit. Tyler, are we doing the official critical Steal fumble deck? Line. I'm going to do a mile special. Uh, yeah, we'll do the official. That's where I lost my first eye. Might as well lose my second eye with the same. It, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a one in fifty-two chance right now that that uh, that same just a flesh wound comes up, and you guys can. <sighs> we, we're on video chat. You can see me shuffle. You can see me shuffle. Okay, here we go. Top card. A kinetic attack oh 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 no uh this is called it got a piece of you apply your <laughs> apply your weapons critical hit effect, oh, if no. any to yourself so i believe you've got that apocalypse crystal no it's different now it's different. oh no what what all, what all <laughs> critical actions do you have on your shield right now um I don't. It's going to be based on the crystal. I don't. If, if I, I, essentially, it's nothing. If I don't have, if the crystal isn't anything, uh, then I'm sorry. What crystal do you have? It's the electron crystal, electron shard. I want to say it does not have a critical. Oh, well, that's nice. You got so, that going for you. Yeah. So I don't think because it's the soul fire fusion, mm-hmm. electron crystal, and the opportunistic fusion. No, uh, no bonuses for that, and there's no bonus critical effect for your shield, your base shield either. So correct, yeah, it doesn't get anything. Okay, well you've looked out I'm, on that one. <laughs> I think I'm safe. Woo! Ooh, but two, three misses in a row. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, I mean that part's that part's uh, still yeah. sucky. Uh, that is the end of turn two, Zinnia. We are back to you. A pretty right. huge turn for uh, Team Midnight Squad in being able to flat foot this thing and uh 
and get some extra hits in there. For sure. Um, anyway, can support my team because she certainly can't do much damage. Um, okay, going to try uh, shooting it again. Okay, CR four or lower on the trick trick attack. Ooh, I assume fail. it's dim or dark in here, right? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, dim at this point. The uh, the lights have kind of like come back up a little bit after this thing kind of broke out of its uh, chrysalis. Okay, but still not enough. Um, oh. And a 16 on the attack against EAC. Oh, no, that's a miss, too. Yep. Oh, no, it, it's still flat-footed for you, right? Until the end of your turn? Is that correct? No, it's it's just like at the beginning of your turn. It's the it beginning of my turn. Because it's oh. flat-footed for me during my turn. Oh, well, I either either way, it doesn't matter. Those are both those will both be misses. <laughs> I, I'm just rubbing salt in the wound, apparently. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, that brings us back to Trest. Alrighty. Um, You're flat-footed. Very dangerous uh, beast that is currently tearing Tavasho apart. Alright, let's see here. It's not flat-footed right now, so I don't want to cast anything. Um... So I'm just going to uh, uh, hack and slash. Hack and slash. Hack yeah. and slash. Still, still being flanked right now. Chip and chop. In fact, I'm going to use. I'm going to go ahead and use a move action to magic up my bleed. Oh, oh, okay. So get me a little bonus. Level one spell. Yep, level one. It's just one round. Oh, hey. Twenty-five. Wait, sorry. No, twenty-four. No, no, sorry. Twenty-two versus KSA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, final answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, and you needed to indeed ensorcel that blade. That is a hit. Oh, oh boy. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, 12 points of damage. Oh, yeah. And I think I might have a new friendly target. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's doing damage to it right now behind this thing? Uh, Sprouts Marlow, on to you. All right, Sprouts is going to take another shot at this guy. Alrighty, Briar's looking on. She can see you. See your text. Right, so it's a CR nine. Oh yeah, that's a success. So uh, it's not flat-footed right now, right? It is not, but well, you, it, it can be. Oh no! And it's twenty-four to hit. That is a hit uh, for a total of seven damage. Ooh, another another big one from the detective. Okay, all right. So we are back to flat-footed right before Echo Seven's about to shoot this thing in its face. Fairly useful, I guess. Uh, Drew, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, so Echo is actually going to move uh, back towards the entrance to the cave on the the eastern portion of the map. Sure, and, and just get out of its uh, just get out potential, of its potential range. range. I'm so about fifteen feet away. Yes, and I'm going to take a shot with the azimuth artillery laser. Yeah. Laser. And that is a natural three on the oh, dice. I said it's right next to a 19, a 16, and a 17. Any of those would have done well, but that is a miss. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. It's back to, oh, it's back to its turn, and it indeed is going to just wheel right around and look at our good friend. Trest. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. Flip horizontal on roll 20. It's looking okay. right at you now. <laughs> oh, does it want to make two attacks against a Trest? It's pretty low. Um, I should say at this point, it is bloodied. You have uh, extracted some of these destroyed sacks from its 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 main body here, and it does not, it does not like it at all. Um... So I don't think it can or would perhaps spit out more babies. I think it's just going to go. I think it's going to go all in two attacks. Here we go. Oh, 
an, a two on the dice and an 18 on the dice. Uh, obviously, one miss and one hit. Mm-hmm. So let me do some damage here. It's stabbing into you. That is 19 points of slashing damage. Oh. So once again, it finds a new target here. Devasha, we're on to you. It's, it's pronged you up, but it, it seems to have uh, turned its back towards you now. You're still flanking. And it's a special turn, Patrick, because after calculations, I am into hit point damage. Oh, yes. I think you've taken some here. And, and you've also had, had an ally nearby take some damage, too. It's, uh, I know, but I don't Trox's think Trox's blood is here. boiling. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the Trox's blood is indeed boiling fiercely. So we are going to use all of our abilities here. Oh. Essentially, we're going to roll four attacks to mm. those two. Yeah, so your your shield is just thrumming with power as it feels uh, your Trox blood kind of like flowing out of you, and it's like, use the power of Davacho. Use it. Well, hopefully, uh, I think he he grims and he or he grimaces and he he doesn't want to, but I mean he is. Oh no, it's, it's is, go time to use. May, <laughs> maybe maybe you know seconds away from death, so he doesn't have much time to think on it. If we're just this thing can do take it. down the frontline fighters and then move on to the the hoi polloi yeah. and the rest of the party. Yeah. So our first roll, not good. Good thing and we're rolling. Suit. Good thing we're rolling more. Let's try again. Uh, that's better 21 uh and now for the second attack first roll is gonna be a 21 as well but we'll fish for the crit just in case can we get it nope but i will take a pair of 21s a couple of 21s now does that include your negative four to the attack here it does and your flanking action and its flat-footedness Yep. The the twenty ones are both hits. Nice. Oh boy, and that's a lot of damage. Eighteen on each of them means a total of forty six damage. Thirty six. Gosh. Can't even do this math. Oh my gosh, uh, this might be one of the first times of season three. I'm busting out a calculator to do some math for me. Yeah. Uh, it is extremely weak after that barrage. And, uh, and and once again, just calls out as you are now coded in this thing's icker. Uh, Zinnia, turn four, back to you. It is on the ropes. All right, uh, Zinnia is going to uh, fly up and aim down at this thing Ooh, and yeah. use her sonic pistol again. Aerial attack. The CR 10 or lower on the trick? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, and an attack of 25. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, it's not 17 on the dice. That is a hit. For a total of nine damage. Oh, man, a huge blast. And you see it rippling across this thing's body. But it's not dead yet. Oh, oh. no. Oh, no. Gonna have it to is flat-footed, though. Yeah, it is still <laughs> flat-footed now for a little bit longer. Trest, Come on. Can, you, can you finish the thing before it finishes you? Oh, boy. I'm, I'm going to have to take a nap, you guys. I'm <laughs> spending one more move action. Give myself Whoa. one more spell on this thing. Just make sure I got my... Its head is, like, dangerously close to you right now as it's clawing at you. But yeah. can, can you whip that sword around? Come on, Hylax. Hylax, protect me! Plus four! Yes! 19 on the dice. A super hit, if you will. 11 and points of damage. Super. Uh, 
Yeah, that is enough to slice this thing no. down the middle, bifurcating it and killing it outright. We're out of combat. Zinni oh. is going to swoop down and uh, surreptitiously uh, <laughs> start uh, try scooping to, it up. Try to, yeah, try to get one of those little bug creatures like, like, scoop, inside of it. Scooping it this into thing. your pocket and you're like, I'm being so sneaky right now. You this guys. thing is huge. <laughs> no, I'm using stealth while I do it. You gotta shop back it up. <laughs> if you think I'm not actively looking at, at, at <laughs> and all this happening right now. Yeah, I, I think every single much. member of your team is looking at this right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I realize that you have a high stealth check, but like you can't you can't be scooping scooping bug guts into your pockets and have me not notice it. Uh That's we, fine. we are out of combat. You guys can attend to Briar, you can look around this chamber, uh you can scoop up your, your bug guts if you want. <laughs> uh indeed this was an Apari and a CR seven creature. Just so that uh, thing is not swarm related at all? It is not. This is not a member of Swarm. It's just there's other big bugs out there, believe it or not. Just, do you want do you want this to be incorporated into the Swarm? See a, a Swarm version of it? No, I just, I mean, it's just weird to encounter a bug in this AP that's not Swarm. That's a bad there's guy. T- Forgive there's me. two in the party. Forgive me. That's a bad well, guy. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that it was in what seems like a chrysalis. Was this a natural thing or was it put here for some yes. reason? Great question. Give me a mysticism check. Mm. I refuse. It's a 13. Mm. 18 question mark? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I don't think Zinnia might have it, but I think, uh, Devasha, if you got to look at this thing, uh, you were right next to it as it kind of descended. It did seem to be some kind of like magical encapsulation, uh, like a magical field around it um, that has kind of dissipated. So your thought is maybe it was trapped here on purpose, but for what purpose? You're not sure. Um, as, as you guys are looking around the chamber here, uh, after a, a minute or so, as, you, as you're resting, the hologram shows up. This this Sheeran female hologram just right next to you, Trest, almost uh, being projected onto this Apari's corpse. And once again, and Sheeran will say, welcome, pilgrims. And at, at this time, you can tell it's kind of like on a loop. So... You can look around and find the same style holographic projector computer um, in what looks like a shrine on the western side of this this cavern, oh. and uh, and pop it out. There's a, a computer associated with this one, uh, which if you guys want to take some time and interface to to hack into it, you can. I'll do that. Um, if you want to just uh, uh, take twenty on it real quick, there are, I can tell you no negatives for this. So uh, in maybe. Um, quarter of a minute or so you've you've looked into this holograms programming and you can tell that this um the sheeran seemed to be waiting for a password a phrase of some kind and that phrase is embedded in the code here in sheeran and it's three words the forever reliquary it seemed like not saying that phrase to what looks like a kind of like a guide hologram um unleashed this chamber's guardian, which was apparently this Apari, some kind of defense mechanism of some sort. It was a good defense mechanism. <laughs> let's not, let's just, we should be sure to say that word wherever, in any chamber we go into here on out. Next time we listen to the hologram first. Well, well no, I only, nothing... I had to hack into the computer to uh, find that. True. 
Yeah, it seemed like this was maybe a secret phrase as this was only a place for uh, those in the know, maybe the Sheeran that uh, that would come here. Uh, looking at the computer code, once again, there is also what seems to be a second half of the hologram that would have played if you had said the code. And you can activate that now here in the, the center of the room as these glowing orbs um, of golden light kind of show up again. And taking a look at them, um, it, it looks like some kind of arrangement of of um, heavenly bodies. You know, if they're stars or star systems, you're not really sure. But uh, for a moment, it just shows them kind of speeding along in the same direction. And then they kind of form into what looks like the image of uh, a rock uh, just kind of floating in the middle of the room. And this floating hologram kind of like swirls around uh, the, the top of this chamber. And then you see it glow. Uh, with the green symbol of Hylax that kind of burns into the face of this rock. And that green glow turns into a kind of a, a nimbus around it. And it looks like it's it's just kind of like giving off steam energy before what looks like a, a halo um, forms into a long tail and it begins to, to move, uh, move along. No one has physical science. So actually, if you guys want to roll on... Um, untrained on this, you can. It will require a couple of successes, though. If you guys mm. wanna, if you wanna try that, sure. Try and figure out what this is. I imagine we're all just whipping out the almanacs and. Oh yeah. Well, we've got a we've got a couple of successes from our operatives, so it, I'm gonna count that. It's it's a DC twelve, so it's fairly simple. It looks like this is the ancient land of Rand McNally. <laughs> It's uh, not, you're not kind of sure what kind of uh, star map was being projected here, but you're sure that this rock, this formation, uh, is not an asteroid, but is some kind of comet. Um, which one you're not sure. Taking a look, Trest, at this shrine over here on the the western side of the chamber, as you as you pass down, you're, you're heading what looks like into a, another chamber towards the south. Um, Make me a mysticism check. Uh, anyone can make this, but Tress, you're gonna get a little, gonna get a little bonus. Oh boy! Uh, seventeen. That's my check. Mm -hmm. Got some other good rolls here. A couple of good rolls. I think I'm, I'm going to combine them here because uh, with your, your bonus, that will just be enough because you can feel there's some kind of magical aura radiating from the shrine, which does look to be set up with Hylaxian kind of imagery and the the carved kind of uh, cartouches of the uh, the Sheeran that um, escaped the swarm. And you can tell that it is emitting a, a telepathic pulse of some sort. And as you move near it, you just feel kind of calm and safe, um, kind of like you're... Your little spoon right now, very comfortable, <laughs> and uh, it, it's very low energy, kind of like pulsing out here. But as soon as you get by, that is that is what you feel, and uh, you kind of figure this might be what drew maybe the reckoners here in the first place. There was a a Sheeran in their party that might have been able to feel this, even from above ground. So, hmm, how curious. Uh, so if you want to continue on down, the the only other feature here is the, the northern passageway is is closed off. She's definitely going to want to kind of oh, no. check on his partner. Yeah, she's like in and out of consciousness here, but uh, uh, she uh, 
is just like beaming as she sees you and kind of like tending to her wounds herself now. Um, without her Elfan, she is, you know, mostly disabled. You see maybe like her twig-like legs are, uh, are broken here as well. Um, Sprouts uh, <clears throat> is probably going to call Echo over to see mm-hmm. if he could kind of put her on top of him or something. Um, because uh, Sprouts has been looking for, and this is the whole reason why he's even not on Absalom Station. So yeah. he's not going to want to let Briar out of his sight. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to dig her out a little bit. Um, like bits of her Elfan are kind of like stuck in the rocks here and you can disconnect them and, and things like that. But as you're moving rocks away, there, there is like a little bit of, of shaking in, the, in the, the rocks above. It definitely looks like an unstable formation here that you think if you continue to um, excavate uh, without tools and things like that, it, it could be it could be dangerous potentially. Okay. Um, but yeah, can, she'll, can we repair her elfan? Um, it's it's going to need a full replacement. Uh, it, it looks like it has been just completely crushed under these these rocks. I was uh, going to ask if there was anything we could do with the organic printing that to help her. Um, it's a kind of a specialized tool. So there, you'll have to have like a, a Raxolite who's uh, capable in informing them. You could do like a, a prosthetic one, which would last, you know, until she was able to get back to a, uh, a medical facility. But those things, they would have to be like specifically fitted to her. But um, if you guys want to... Uh, some of you can start glumping up the the um, the stairs back towards the laundromat, and uh, until you get signal and, and um, flag down the SDF to to meet you there. If anybody's interested, as we are we are nearing the end of these caves, and you head into these final chambers here to the south, and Trest, as you're drawn in here, you see a, a very modest-looking living quarters, kind of carved out of the rock. There's a, a small bed some shelves and a large trunk and the shelves hold what looks like several holographic picture frames uh, as well as an antique sextant and and compass and several uh, fist-sized kind of glass globes. Hmm. Um, Anything magical about them with a detect magic? Um, These here on the shelves, no, but there there are some things maybe in this chest that Hmm. ping ping off your, your magical senses. And it's a little bit beyond that. It's like the first time you saw this hologram of uh, of Minesh. Like I said, something psychically resonated with you as well. Uh, th- this chest is, is very shiny. It's a, a metal alloy. And there are etched images of, of stars and insectoid heads in it. And um, there's some bioluminescent moss here. So you have a, a pretty good lighting. But um, yeah, you hmm. looking over this room and these holographic images here, you get this strange pang in your your thorax as if you've maybe felt this before, you've experienced this before. And as you kind of run your your mind psychically over the images here, a a psychic memory kind of plays out for you. One that you you feel the love in this place, then there's feelings of, of loneliness and ultimately a calm and a peace of mind that settles over you, but it uh, it pushes you to want to inspect these these holographic um, frames, these pictures, a little closer. Yeah, I I follow that instinct, and I walk over to the desk and the and the shelves, and I pick them up and start to investigate. They show all kinds of Sheeran, um, what seems like cousins, 
brothers, sisters, um, spouses, family pods with their, their children. And as you pick each one up uh, in the, the hologram, it pops up beneath their their picture, uh, their names. And checking them, you see two parents named Zelish and uh, Zoyatol. Uh, there's a mother and a host named uh, Kazil and Lizazal, uh, as well as a, a lone father and son duo. The father, um, Zelazolin. The son is named Trest. And while you can tell all these people, these Sheeran were probably long dead before you came around, this is definitely not you. Uh, all these names are family names in your line, in your your family on on Susquehann, as there was a perhaps a tradition in your family of of you know keeping names over every other generation, naming for grandparents and things like that. So you're pr- pretty sure just looking at this that Minash was either a great grandmother or an aunt in your family. Hmm. I uh, I carry these back out to the group and I sort of. I sort of flip them around and say, I think we know why I have a psychic connection to this place. I sort of toss them, toss them down for people mm-hmm. to inspect. Um, yeah, it, uh, nothing magical here. Simply familial <laughs> relations. Nothing yeah, more. They, they are indeed hundreds of years old. So these are like your ancestors. Yeah. I mean, I, I say I toss them down. I, I sort of, I set them down on the mantle over by the altar here. Um, for people to come and inspect if they like the uh, these um, uh, they're not snow globes so much, but these golden globes um, glass globes on the, on the shelf, you can kind of shake up and they, they form these um, colorful swirls of different kinds of, of sand and soil. And you all can recognize those pretty uh, easily as souvenirs from, from planets of some sort. They just don't seem labeled um, just, but it's like it's like maybe they went to a planet and they took like a sample of soil and yeah like people do that with like beaches and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, this is formed into a uh, a snow globe of of sand. Cool. Um, the metal trunk isn't locked, but you don't see a lid or handle to to open it. Um, anybody that wants to take a look in here, make an engineering or perception check. Uh, there seems to be something having to do with these these carved images on the the outside of it. This is like a puzzle box almost. The 22 from Zenion Engineering. That that actually will do it as you're pretty sure that pressing some of these in- images on perhaps the opposite ends of the trunk, maybe at the same time, would would work as a latch to to open this up. Yeah, when you um, come in, when you come in, <laughs> Trust is just sitting there shouting, the forever reliquary, the forever reliquary. <laughs> there, it's there's not no working, it's broken, guys. Audio receptors. But if you want to just make me a general intelligence check, once again, anybody can do this that wants to spend time in here. Um, that That is all that's going to be needed to open it. Oh, no. Xenia, a two on the dice. Oh. Uh, it, it looks like, Drew, did you roll highest here? Yes. A natural 16 on the dice for a 16. I think you just like have a knack perhaps uh, for uh, puzzles of some sort because you're able to just like, or maybe it's an accident. You pick it up and you accidentally touch the, the two kind of corresponding bug faces on, on either side and it opens up its contents spill onto the ground. And there's a number of personal effects in here. There's what looks like devotional icons of the goddess Hylax, um, ceremonial robes in a few different colors 
uh, a very antique and kind of um, crudded over uh, data pad that um, you think if you were able to like put another battery source in it, it would probably still power up. And yeah, it's, oh, it looks like you guys want to do that right now or save that for some other time. Uh, if it's not too complicated, I mean, I imagine we could probably just do plug it in the battery. Yeah, we could just uh, do it while we're sort of gathering things up and mm-hmm. making final notes for our report and getting ready to walk out. Yeah, this is all can be done while uh, Devasha, if you need to take a 10 minute rest, I understand that might be uh, <laughs> useful. I wonder um, why I might need that. It's a fairly easy uh, computer check. So once again, you know, hand wave that as you find inside a lot of personal logs of Minash, uh, photos, videos, things like that. Um, logs about cleaning and kind of preparing these caves seemed like they were a guide or a caretaker of some sort. And there is a very detailed 3D map of the the passages, maybe a little outdated because some have kind of caved in, uh, but very useful if this FCF does want to set these up as like emergency bunkers. But in addition to that, there are hundreds of diary entries. And as you kind of click on them, the, the most recent... Um, the last audio log pops up and automatically plays and you get to hear the voice of, of Minesh dictating to, to her data pad as she says, third of the fifth season here, I checked once more on the plants and they are doing well with the new lighting. Hylax be praised. Though it may sound I am in a good mood as I may not be in as a good a mood as I portray. This, this morning, the isolation got the better of me, and I started counting the days until my cycle here as guide to the pilgrimage ends. It's 174 more days, and then I can start to plan where I will head next. For all the others talk, I, I hope to see the forever reliquary myself. The beauty of Hylax there is so palpable that it is said to bring our kind to tears. I wonder if I will cry just stepping off the starship. Well, that is still many seasons away, and I have structural integrity tests to get to. This is Minesh, signing off. As you play this, you notice one more item at the bottom of this box here, Trest. It is a uh, a small box, and o- opening it up, you see the, the ca- same kind of like psychic energy roll over you as you find what looks like some kind of... Um, baton or or a wand of some sort uh, infused with magical energy uh, you can tell this is Minesh's Staff of Mystic Healing that is fancy remember when you guys found one in season one and you were like what are we going to do with this (laughs) (laughs) there was just no mystic and so we were like man whatever this thing yeah. yeah, this is like so. This is like a, a cultural icon item now. Uh, <laughs> so important for you. Anyway, that is that is what you find here. Uh, we are going to enter into a, a slow motion montage mode here as we see you walking out of the small automatic dry cleaners. Echo Seven holding the tiny mangled body of Briar and uh, Sprouts Marlow right next to her holding a hand, kind of drinking water, pouring on, on her petals. And we see the, the SDF, the EMTs meeting you out front on the street. And they, they take Briar and kind of usher her off to a, a medical transport vehicle uh, and bring her back to a field tent at the, the headquarters where the rest of you guys can 
go back and give a, a quick debrief to Commander Najiri um, as, uh, as she listens to you and kind of looks over the data that you found from this site. She hears your mission report, but kind of cuts it short and says, Midnight Squad, this is above and beyond the call of duty. Consider yourselves pending for a, a citation of, of bravery. And I have received word that your bringing down the Sister Spark character is an even bigger deal with the tip top than I could have thought. My higher ups have told me to place you all on immediate hard-earned R&R for an extended personal leave. Devasho, I'm told you have some visitors downstairs. Midnight Squad, you are dismissed. Aye, aye, Commander. Uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, Commander, but it wouldn't happen to be my family, would it? Never tell. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, just because do you maybe have, like, an eyeball in your office or... No, I definitely don't. <laughs> you, you, you probably should have taken care of that last night with the the, the, the medical staff. Uh, she, she'll dismiss you, and if you guys, if you want to see if you can get that taken care of first, go downstairs to Jenkster and, and print something up. You can, um, but she will. I, I draw like an eye onto a piece of paper and just sort of tape it to his face. Uh, she yeah. will call you back in, Trest, for a moment as the rest kind of move on but we are going to move through each of you and see what you do here at the the start of hard-earned vacation after i mean this is like the first time you'll get to rest after uh, escaping susculin traveling to Wiltranius, getting to work here so um devasho indeed if you want to spend some time cleaning up and perhaps getting a prosthetic yeah. at the very no, least. He, he wouldn't. He'd be too excited. Like, <laughs> okay. he's scared. He's scared. Like, because he's like, I'm going to, he knows he's going to get it. He's probably going to get laid into <laughs> a little. But, but that, that, you know, he hasn't seen his family for such a long time. Months, that the right? idea. Yeah, the idea of like having to, you know, get maybe scolded a little bit for losing an eye is is trifle compared to maybe being able to see his his family. So he would still, you know, run down eagerly and scared. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can head to the civilian side of the building. There's like a, a civilian entrance uh, where there's a large courtyard and you see indeed your massive brood of a family waiting to to greet you here as you do uh there you know some of your kids look like they've been waiting a while maybe playing a video game or playing some games in the courtyard looking anxious at all the soldiers around but as soon as they see you faces light up they come to surround you uh what is your flat-footed KAC plus eight. Oh, no! Uh, I guess that would be... Flat-footed would take that mm-hmm. down to a... Uh, well, not even that, like a 15 plus eight? 23? plus eight. And how many kids do you have again? <laughs> you foolish fool, you fell right in Oh, the no, no! <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Okay, it's. <laughs> I've got to roll a, a one here, given a bonus to. Oh come on! I can wrestle rush them all. Combat I can maneuver. wrestle them all. Oh, oh three so on the close. dice. So close. He gets a few of them. It's a plus two morale bonus for each kid as they grab uh, you, grapple you, grapple your herbs and legs, kind of pull you to the ground, and. Uh, <laughs> And are very, very happy to see you. Uh, they're like, look at all the scars. Daddy Dev's been murderizing the swarm. <laughs> and uh, and one of them does notice. It's like, where'd 
here I go. <laughs> dad, mother, dad, there's no eye here. He, he puts a, like a claw up to his, his mouth. He's like, shut up. Shut up. You're going to get me in trouble. You might not notice. <laughs> um, yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, that would be a natural one on the uh, uh, perception check. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, um, uh, your partner's name is uh, uh, Sodun. Is that correct? Sodun, yeah. Uh, they indeed look over you. Uh, you get an embrace, a kiss from your husband. Uh, their mouth is chittering with excitement, but you can tell this is covering up a very concerned, not angry, but almost a fearful look as they they are taking in your entire visage. Once again, at the the start of the the swarm war on Susklin, you probably weighed a, a good couple hundred more pounds, and uh, you've your 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 pallor. As of late, has been fairly grim <laughs> looking. Yeah, more purple. I'm and pretty purple. Not to mention now you have sea worm <laughs> acid burns on your armor and like these giant uh, apari size holes and, and, and cuts on you. Yeah, I mean his armor is almost just like scrappable. It's been so torn up over over our delve into the caverns. Uh Davasho, we uh, have rented out a a, a local business here for for uh, a feast uh, for the family but if you would like to invite the rest of your squad they are they are more than welcome to tag along perhaps they can uh, explain what has happened to you that is a wonderful idea and I'm sure that they could explain in much better words some of them quite good with words especially the tiny one you it's might a need good, a buffer is a very good storyteller but uh, I will I will I will call for them and, and see if they they uh, wish to join and then he would kind of you know look at some of his kids and and say like who thinks they can out eat dad at they all you can eat uh dinner extravaganza <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a few hands uh raised as we we leave this scene uh, indeed the rest of you can come and try and generate some whoppers of uh of stories of how uh Devasho lost his eyeball that did not include him taking it out himself. <laughs> um, but we are going to move on to Sprouts. Uh, Miles, uh, we see you in the medical tent behind kind of like a, a, a plastic barrier. Um, this is like outside of the building, but in a, a pressurized section of tent where there are a team of a couple of Raxlite doctors operating on Briar, you see, replacing her destroyed Elfan with a, a sleeker new model, while an SDF, uh, a human medic, is kind of like bandaging up her wounds with a, um, a, a biodegradable green bandage. Um, they they leave after maybe an hour or so here and um, uh, invite you to go in and, and talk to her as she is she is maybe hooked up to an IV. Uh, as soon as you enter, Briar says, Oh, Sprouts, I, I knew you wouldn't let me down. You found me even after I dragged you across this universe and into this God's forsaken jam here in the Susculin system. Yeah, you got me all sorts out of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I wasn't able to let this case go. There's something about it. It became much more than a missing persons case. You see, when I when I started in on uh, the, the trail on Susculin, the, the war had broken out and I was worried, worried about that girl. And I started to get these visions 
these psychic visions of the swarm and they were just terrible. I can't, I can't even describe them. They were, they were so horrific. What's the connection with this, uh, this sister spark? What happened? Well, I was looking for someone named Andia and I did get in touch with others that had met her along the way, um, as well as Sheeran and Lashunta all had these same terrible psychic terrors, but it was a bigger mystery, do you understand? And I found out this Andia started calling herself Sister Spark, had been thrown in prison. I kept missing her again and again. I was one step behind when things turned worse a few weeks ago. And I mean, well, that's when they took the whole planet. I just wanted to see it through. So I tracked her here and found out about these Reckoners and this this holy site on Ultranius that they found. And I was having some of the same psychic visions when I got close to their people, when I got close to Sister Spark herself. So I went snooping for information at their base and that's when they captured me. I managed to escape, get out of there and, and find my way down to the, the laundromat, but I got sloppy, nearly got crushed by the rocks and crawled through uh, a cave in to to get myself to where I was, but I, I would have died if uh, if you hadn't gotten down there and, and found me. This uh, this sister Spark character, she said uh, you took the dirt nap that she did it herself. Any particular reason why she's got it out for you? Well, I, as I said, I was I was trying to bring her back uh, for those that were looking for her, but she said she was uh, she was killed back on Susculin and and took a new form. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it didn't seem like she wanted to be found. She had, uh, well, she, you, you, you probably t- uh, tangled with her if, if you were able to find me. I imagine she, uh, you understand, she was mixed up with quite a crowd. I believe the, the swarm deserved to take over the system. Yeah, we uh, we found her, put her in bracelets, and now she's, well, here. But, That's good. Uh, I still don't quite understand everything. Why, why you went this way to begin with? Why why you, you tracked her down after she'd be imprisoned? I mean, wasn't the case closed then? Weren't you just supposed to find her? I was trying to get her back and get her out of a, a bad situation. As I said, things were, were turning south on Susclin quick. I was hoping to snatch her off that planet before the swarm took over completely. When I found out she got to Ultranius, I, I wanted to come here and see if I can help her have a jam uh, the same way. But I, I failed, And but where I failed, it sounds like you... You succeeded. Well, I didn't rush in alone like a rookie. <laughs> time was of the, the essence, uh, but it, it sounded like you had plenty of time to, to follow the clues I put down, so I thank you for that. Yeah, your clues got me tied up with this war. Now, seeing as the swarm are a little bit big of a problem, I can't completely be too upset about it because, well, me and the Midnight Squad, we've been, been doing good things. and We've been, well, for lack of a better term, taking care of business. But well, I, I saw firsthand how those SDF uh, you, you're rolling with fought with one another in the cave, Sprouts. You, you were working as a well-oiled machine. Now that I'm safe, the doctor said that it might be some time before I can get back on my, my feet, uh, get these elf fan um, calibrated, and it might be a, a little while before I can get back to work, but I intend to. What are you going to do, Sprouts? <sighs> the original intention was just to find you and get the pronk out of Susculin, but, well, maybe against my, against my better judgment. You know me. I've never really jived with military and hero types, but there's more going on here, and my other partners need me. I want to get back to Absalom as soon as possible, but I think i got to see this through first. I'd be a, a liar and, and somewhat selfish if... Uh, if I didn't tell you I wanted you to quit the SCF right now and never leave my side again, but that's not the kind of uh, plant that I am. Sounds good. Leave the podcast. 
Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> well, no, she's she's saying she cannot ask that. Uh, those members of Midnight Squad, they need you as much as I did. My de- mother didn't raise a, a spoiled root child. I'm well aware. <laughs> I, I, For my part, I, I want to stay here and help these people. Uh, like me, they seem to have a connection to this this world, this system. And I've met many that are in need of finding loved ones lost in the evacuation of Susculin. It's something at least I can try and help out with on the infosphere while I uh, I recover. Well, you always better than, with matters of the heart than I was. And may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but we'll get back to our shopping Sus- uh We'll get back to our shop in Absalon soon enough. You finish out this term with the swarm and uh, you finish out this term with the SDF and return here safe and sound. Do you hear me, detective? I do. But while you're here, while you're while you're cooped up and while you're helping out and kind of hitting the, the pavement in terms of keeping your head to the ground, mm. why don't you do a little favor for me? What's that? I trust my teammates. They've been there for me and vice versa. But all of them had a few strange goings on and... I feel like it would benefit not just me, but everyone else if you could do a little digging on all of them. Are you saying spy, dig up the dirt on your, your team? Not dirt per se, just what's going on. Some of them seem to be dealing with, with things that they're not sharing. And, well, when you're in a combat situation, that can, that can get you killed. And I'll, I've noticed I'll do what I can. suspicious behavior here and there, and I just want to make sure that I know all the factors going Sounds like uh, the Marlo that I will work with. Uh, she points to her kind of bag uh, of personal belongings that they they stripped off her as they brought her in. And inside you find her uh, her service pistol. And she says, you take this little beauty with you uh, and it'll keep you safe. You understand me? Marlo looks for a, a spot because he's got like, you know, the one tied to his back and the one in his elf <laughs> So little. You've just got a million pistols. It is a, a hot little plasma pistol with flames drawn down one side of the butt and a lightning storm the other side. And oh, so handle. it's like the, the Guy Fieri of pistols. <laughs> it is a Red Star a plasma pistol with the, the word Sheila kind of carved into the, the handle. Ooh, like and uh, and so in return, Sprouts uh, tosses her, her old dust coat back to her. Oh, yeah. I'll need this when I get back on the streets. Well, I better get back to my team, but I'm sure as hell glad you're safe. You know where to find me. Marla tips his hat and walks out. As the rest of you take some time here and your your first time off in a while to relax, maybe read up on, on going dawn in the war. Zinnia, we find you um, perhaps maybe looking at the infosphere, some of the scientific breakthroughs of the swarm, maybe uh, going back to your, your locker and your your bunk here to um, to offload the the huge uh, organic uh, uh, printer um, <laughs> vat and things like that, your your weapons. Um, and as you do, you're, you're still here in SDF HQ, Rebecca. Uh, you find a package inside your your bunk that uh, you did not see there before, and it uh, immediately makes the feathers on your neck raise up at the, the same kind of uh, time as it is is something you recognize is a, the same high-end design that you saw left in on your your dashboard of your vehicle back on Susculin. Do you remember that like a book ago? Yes. Does the tag <laughs> say Z on it? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it said before? <laughs> it has a very similar note uh, written in Versite. This one says uh, Vaganta's Gorset Strixariaris, meaning of course Strix are always true. And it is signed simply the Watcher again, but there's a little bit more to the notes as on the back, you kind of feel like turn it over. It says impressive shots, 
try and keep up. And believe it or not, there is another cybernetic eye augmentation inside the box. This time, a single <laughs> optical replacement. Who who needs one of those? Not not anyone on this team. <laughs> Definitely not Zinnia. <laughs> uh, it is a a cyber eye weapons system. Uh, one called a Corona optical laser. <laughs> Tyler, weren't you just talking about getting some free Corona weapons? Uh, yeah, I, I did mention Corona earlier in the episode. Good times. Uh, this is a weaponized eye gun that you just replace your, your eye socket with and uh, it pops off a small arm laser, basically like once per combat, that can do 2d6 damage. Um, and Wait, it, hold on. It pops off of... You shoot a shoots. laser beam You shoot a laser out of your, out of your eye. Oh, oh, oh. You shoot okay. freaking lasers out Sorry, of your eye. Sorry, I thought you were saying that you had to have a small arm to be able to use it. I understand now. Okay. No, but it is, I believe it is a, a small arm of danger. Uh, it has a 50-foot range, and like I said, uh, 2d6 with a 1d6 uh, critical burn. The, the way that these work is that you, I believe, can take a a 10 minute rest to uh when you regain stamina points um to like recharge it so it kind of like works off of a a different different battery (laughs) like it has a tiny watch battery that you gotta like redo every single time (laughs) so you can only use it once before a 10 minute rest yeah yeah but it's 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 a a 2d6 (laughs) laser I. <laughs> yeah. You can actually awesome. also, there's a, I can't remember if it's a piece of biotech, but it's called, a, I think it's called like a focusing membrane and it can be installed in tandem with these optical eyes. And what it does is it reduces a enemy's fire resistance by five. So even it, it's just nice because it only, it only does 2d6, but even if you do shoot something that has fire resistance, it can help nullify that fire resistance. So the damage goes all the way through. Tyler, have you been researching cybernetic Eyes for what? Some reason. No, I what? What? I just, <laughs> I, I, just I just read. You know more about I read Starfinder books. I just read books. Uh, I got Burks. Z- Rebecca, who do you, who does Zinnia think is leaving these for you? I've got to assume that it's someone. I would assume it's someone with the BBRC, or at least aware of my involvement with the BBRC. Um, do you think? This is a mystery. You've kept it from your teammates so far. You think this is a, a mystery for Sprouts Marlow in the future? Is this, is yeah, maybe to, she should hire Briar. To, to look le- into this. <laughs> Briar. <laughs> that's our that's our sideshow. Hire Briar. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that is something to look into. I am just going to assume that you are definitely going to install this this awesome eye. Yes. I don't know. I kind of want to give it to Devasho. <laughs> no, give give him your old eye upgrade. You oh, I could do that. More. Although, actually, uh, the increase to perception that I get from that, well, it's only plus one, but I just rarely take damage. So I never take 10 minute rest. Oh, <laughs> uh, to recharge. Yeah. Well, and, you're, and it's kind of one of those things you use when you don't have an option. I mean, like your sonic pistol is better than this in every way. I lasers yeah, the, are cool. I mean, the only reason that I feel like it might be useful is if it's the beginning of combat and I don't have my gun out. Oh, for sure. I'd yeah. be armed, you oh know. Oh my. Yep. Uh, something to think about for next week, but uh, we leave you pondering this mystery here as we see later that night 
Echo 7, you're walking through the halls of HQ when you are spotted uh, by an excited Isoki who kind of like runs past you and then wheels around and like circles back in front of you. Um, it is Jenkser, the base's quartermaster, and she is carrying a box of high-tech looking parts. Uh, she indeed does like a quick couple turns around you, looking you up and down and says, uh, Oh, Echo 7, uh, it's good to see you. Uh, how's that personal upgrade working out for you? Very good. Awesome. <laughs> That's good to hear. Listen, apparently we're getting a huge influx of materials from the pact. Weapons and tech, things like that. Apparently, <laughs> Tip Top is trying to make some deals with corporations and the stewards all over the place, trying to get uh, maybe some full-on armada or assistance in this war. But all that's above my pay grade. Oh, what isn't is dealing with the tech that I'm able to lay my hands on. She kind of shakes the box in front of her. You got a minute for for uh, for me to run something by you? You can make me better. Stronger, faster than before. <laughs> well, that's the plan. Uh, she will lead you downstairs to her workspace where you see what looks like a large item underneath a grease-stained cloth uh, kind of hanging from the ceiling. She says, well, I've been trying uh, to outfit some of the more capable soldiers uh, around the base for a while now. I saw what you all had pulled off a Susculin and had some ideas for an upgrade. You remember that uh, powered armor you, you found back... Uh, back before you left. I'm well, I, I listening. I think it's time we started uh, looking at some trial runs in the field of, of some of that equipment. Are you interested in being my Akatonian test rat? How many languages can I say yes in? She whips off that cloth with kind of like a flourish, you know, like she's trying to pull the tablecloth out from under her, <laughs> a bunch of silverware on a table. And you see a glistening suit of powered armor, uh, it is not the the armor that you grabbed before jumping on the um, the starship and, and leaving Susculin. Uh, this is a battle harness that uh, lies incomplete underneath the sheet. Uh, it looks suited very well to fit over your existing body, and it is hanging on what looks like huge engine hoists. Uh, but you immediately notice it is about half completed. There are no legs underneath it. Uh, Jankser says, uh, problem is I, I can't finish this thing without some help. I figured we could go 50-50 splitting the production costs. We've got half the uh, UPBs to finish this bad boy up. It is yours. What do you say? I'll take it. <laughs> okay, let's get to work. And she starts like hitting you with a wrench. That's That's how it works, right? I got a got a feeling this is going to be the start of a beautiful partnership. Old Tin Can and Jenks, the Silver Sentinel and Rat Girl, Jenkser and Echo, 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 Echo. <laughs> Leave the uh, references she, to me. She, she'll start working on that as that scene fades out. And we see back as soon as you guys left the office in Commander and Jerry's the previous day, uh, Trest being held back to, to talk to the commander. Dress you watch as kind of Devasho and the rest head off for shore leave. But uh, Najiri was looking very happy a moment before Jabert, and now she is looking very troubled, kind of anxious. Um, you, you didn't even see this <laughs> in her movements back on Susculin. She looks like she has uh, some bad news. Mander, what has happened? Well, Sergeant, I wanted to let you know that I fought this tooth and nail, but I have to follow the chain of command. Let me say up front that this stinks to high heaven, but I think the cons are outweighed by the pros here. Hours ago, we got notification that a delegation of, of stewards and, and some other outside entities 
have entreated the SDF for a transfer of a prisoner. And they're on their way here now to pick up Sister Spark and bring her back to the pact. What? Apparently this deal is going to facilitate a lot of good will amongst the tip top. There's talk of, of more than just financial and hardware support from the stewards if we're able to comply. We're trying to get the pact to intervene and help us retake Susklin, but you know we, we need to act fast before the planet is turned into a, a noxious wasteland. It's a big ask of the core planets, or even the, the Vesk, who, who have their own problems in, in near space. Anyway, like I said, orders are orders, and if they want us to spark, and that's going to help facilitate the 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 military's intervention here i well i don't know why they they need her but i can't even fathom how they got here so fast if, even if uh, they got word yesterday of of her capture then they must have gotten out here uh, i mean it takes weeks to get out to the susquehan system from there but right i mean regardless i i didn't want to put a a damper on the the rests um shore leave but uh this is going to take place in a few hours i I wanted you to make the prisoner transfer, if able, and just leave the rest of the squad out of it. I'll see her off. Um, you can wait here in HQ, rest up, uh, maybe resupply, get some grub before a, a few military police will bring Sister Spark up and out of the brig. You see her wearing prisoner's clothing and a straight up like Hannibal Lecter muzzle and gag. Um, but this does not stop her from greeting you psychically as she she sees you uh, down the hall and she seems a little out of it, like distracted. There, there might be some kind of medication or mental blocker in her system, but psychically she says, oh, it's the Sheeran again here to execute my punishment or will you all be punished when the swarm arrive? Looks like you've got some friends there, Sister Spark. This, well, maybe friends. The stewards, you know them? Oh no, but my real friends will be here before too long. Don't you worry. Well, unfortunately for you, you'll be gone. They will kind of like help you escort her outside where you can see up in the clouds above New Graca, a starship making its way towards the makeshift landing pad uh, here on the, the outside of HQ uh, is slowly drawing down to the planet's surface. You can see its landing lights kind of pop in up and, and bathe you in a, in a warm light. Uh, Sister Spark, as uh, she's waiting here, uh, speaks into your mind and says, Trust, if, if you even want to have a hope of standing up against the swarm, you have to let go. She's like staring at you, daggers behind her mask. I can tell that a fire burns in your mind. There's a block there. You have a dam that is holding back a, a raging river. I felt it in the Reckoner's Hall, and I feel it here now. And all you need to do is, is pull out a single brick and whoosh, that dam is gone. What do you think she's talking about? Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure she she wants Trest to accept the the swarm as sort of the, the liberators of, I don't know, destruction mm -hmm. or something. Um, she's, she's, she's necessarily talking about the swarm. She's talking about something inside of you. <laughs> Do you think she sees a little bit of herself in you as well? You're both kind of like touched by the, the God host back on Susquehan. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'll take her at her, take her words at face value and say, all right, what do you suggest? The next time you face them in battle, you get carnal, primal. You let go of all your inhibitions. 
revert to the bug that you are. If you fight with the same ferocity as they do, you will have their power and more. Uh, the starship lands in front of you as uh, as she finishes this up. Looks fairly dilapidated. Tress, you expected maybe a, a beefy steward's exploration vessel or some kind of packed military design, but it looks old. It looks like 100 years old, maybe with a fresh coat of paint. A disembarkation kind of uh, landing pad extends from the airlock and, and a few figures emerge. There is... Uh, Washington, a Vesk, an Ahsoki, a human walking along the painted side uh, of the, the vessel where a name magically glows in green and purple lettering reading the Drift Rider. <gasps> As before you, you see a couple of heroes of the pack themselves, a Knack, an Alindra, an Adros, a Raimi, the heroes of the the hour back in the core system, and the, uh, the giant Vesk stands up uh, in front of you, Trest, and uh, puts out a clawed hand to to shake yours and says, a to be continued. Oh, oh, wow. I was I was getting ready. Yeah. I was all prepped. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Oh yeah, things are happening here. Um, What's going? I, I'm, on? I'm just kidding. We we can we can keep playing. We're not that far into it, right? <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave you on a cliffhanger like that. He doesn't say that. <laughs> Edros Veronis steps up to you, Trest, and says, "Welcome to level five. That's the end of the episode." Hey! <laughs> yes. Embrace yeah. level five. Psych. No, that's that's really the end. And that's the end of book two. Oh, Whoa! Oh snap! Whoa! <laughs> Can you tell by me wrapping up a whole bunch of things? <laughs> ah. I had I had a whole I had a whole. Come back ready. I had a smart remark. I was going to say, what, the stewards are counting credits now? <laughs> they had a junky looking ship. They are here indeed for an Andia. We'll find out uh, more about the mysteries behind this season of Cosmic Crit next time as we officially start book three of the Adventure Path and find out a little bit about your characters at level five. Imagine Man. there's some changes happening. Bit. We'll <laughs> some some bonuses to stats and things like that. The spring is here and sprouts blossoms anew. <laughs> oh yeah, that, but that's gonna do it for this episode. Oh boy, you survived the Apari and my story <laughs> twists and turns. Guys, thanks for playing with. Me. Thank, thank you, thank you. Everyone out there, thanks for listening to two books of this adventure path so far. Uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Cheers. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.